Woke Pedagogies is a podcast that engages in critical conversations about inequities in our society. Join me, Elena Fowles, and co-host David Staley as we work to build inclusive spaces of teaching and learning that unapologetically and intentionally dialogue with issues that center the lives and experiences of students, educators, and the community. Ohio State University has a long history of student activism on social justice issues. And our students in the College of the Arts and Sciences are at the forefront as leaders of a range of current movements for greater justice and equality. Join us in conversation with Kaya Woodford as she explores how she brings her personal experiences as an activist into her classes. How does she learn and interact alongside fellow students or even with instructors who may not have as much knowledge about race inequalities and disparities. Kaya adds her own insights on learning while woke to our conversations on bringing social justice concerns squarely into all our learning spaces. Welcome, Kaya. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell us what you're majoring in here at Ohio State. And do you have any minors? I'm a second year student majoring in political science, and I have not yet declared, but am pursuing a minor in both Spanish and African-American and African studies. Very interesting. Have you started thinking about your plans for uh, post-graduation? I've always had an interest in government and was on the executive board of student council in high school and am involved with the Politics Society and Law Scholars Program at the university. I'm on the executive board of that as well. And that's definitely influenced um, the major I decided to declare upon arrival at the university. Since starting organizational work, I've began to narrow my focus. And um, through the Bexley Anti-Racism Project, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into in a bit, I've been working on anti-racist and equity policy for the Bexley City School District as part of the Bexley Anti-Racism Task Force, which includes members of the school board as well as a superintendent and faculty of the school district. And so in working on policy and reviewing policy from other school districts um, nationwide, I've developed an interest more specifically in policy. Share with us about your campus and community activism. What lessons are you learning through, through this? On campus, I am on the executive board of the Politics, Society, and Law Scholars Program, as well as the Student Advisory Council for the Moral Scholars Program. And um, I'd say campus involvement has been shaped more recently by um, my involvement in community activism off campus. So I was recently part of the founding process of the Bexley Anti-Racism Project, which is an organization dedicated to the amplification, mobilization, and um, education of students and faculty and community members in Bexley, Ohio, which is like 15 minutes away from Ohio State University. It's where I went to school and graduated from. And I've learned so much about the power of the student collective and collaborating with others, as well as the insight we can learn from the student perspective. And I've 
use those skills that I've developed externally within my roles on campus to um, inform administrators on the issues students face and more so relating to um, like the structure of organizations I'm in and what's most effective in regard to collaboration and working towards a common goal. How do you see connections between what you're learning in your activist work and what you're learning in your coursework? Do you see points where those two aspects come together, the activism and the community, but also at the university level and in your classes? Absolutely. Um, the most influential course I've taken at Ohio State University yet was Civil Rights and Black Power Movements with Dr. Hassan Kwame Jeffries. That was my freshman year. And I was taught a plethora of knowledge that I just didn't know previously. I wasn't I wasn't mandated to take an African-American history course in high school. In fact, when I tried to, I couldn't because I was um, an editor for my school newspaper and the um, course periods conflicted. So I had to take Torch, which is the name of the newspaper, over African-American history, which was unfortunate. So when I came to Ohio State, I was thrilled to have the opportunity to learn about my history. And um, in doing so, it's shaped the tactics I've used and my perception of organizational community organizing, mobilization, organizational work more generally. And um, an icon I look up to that I had no knowledge on before taking the course is Ella Baker. And she was just silent, but so powerful. And um, she actually oversaw the organization of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee and did a lot of the behind the scenes work for that. And just drawing upon her influence has been influential for me and the work I've done with BARP and understanding the importance and power of students having their own voice in organizing and um, leading even. And I think recognizing the leadership qualities in each individual that's part of an organization and how you can capitalize on everyone's strengths to create a movement that is capable of enacting tangible change. Thank you. Have you ever experienced moments when those things seem at odds or don't come together? It's mm, an interesting question. It's difficult because um, sometimes you feel like the hands-on work that you're doing in regard to organizing um, is more important than say schoolwork that feels more like a more like an obligation as opposed to when I'm working on Bexley anti-racism project work and meeting regularly it's something that I want to do whereas with my academics it's something that I know that I need to do but it doesn't feel as engaging as being hands-on and being able to witness the impact you're making on other people's lives. And I feel like ultimately, if my goal in my career is to make a lasting change and impact as many people as I can in a positive manner, then I want to be doing that and gaining that experience now, as opposed to feeling set back by having to kind of um, do the precursor, which academics are obviously so important to establishing a foundation of credibility in pursuing any type of career. 
But right now, that is kind of what I'm at odds with because I want to prioritize doing work for the Bexley Anti-Racism Project, but then I'll have like an exam due and I should be studying for that. But which which is more important is kind of the conflict I have internally at times. So in some senses, they are at odds, but ultimately I am passionate about both my schoolwork and um, organizational work. Right. Uh, having to balance those things, right? Those those two things, one that is uh, that is going to get you maybe further, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And into the work that you love doing right now, but also um, knowing that there is an urgency for some of the work that you're doing, um, you know, with, with this project. But I imagine you learning this, you know, some of the concepts that you're learning in class uh, and seeing the connection in community and mm-hmm. being like ready, okay, you know, let's get, let's get back to work. Right. And so sort of consuming that knowledge and, and digesting it in the classroom and then being ready to, to go back to work. I don't know if you have any comments on that. Well, I think that speaks to the idea of sustaining a movement like this. And I think um, in the past we've seen where, you have a lot of protesting going on and a lot of community organizations pop up, but then they slowly just kind of fall off, which is something that our organization has made a pointed effort not to do. And while we made a very public um, entrance, let's say in our community, and it's not so much the same in we're having like protests with thousands of people or large community gatherings. We're doing behind the scenes work with the school district. And um, Julia Miracle is a student um, who is conducting professional development workshops with Bexley faculty and teachers. And they're going very successfully. And that was actually one of the demands we listed in our letter to the superintendent. So we are doing the work we set out to do still it's just not as public as when we were on the news or in the newspaper and, you know, everyone was talking about what was going on. And I think I learned the importance of sustaining the work through the course that I took and watching, um, let's say members of the student nonviolent coordinating committee just go every day without fail and watching their dedication and, um, commitment to the work inspires me to do the same and appreciate, um, just the fact that the change won't happen unless you commit to actively engaging with the work um, continuously. And so I think that's um, a value that all members of BARP have and one that we strive to influence other people who follow the project to maintain as well. Right, right. In your classes, do you share about your work as a student activist? And how do you bring that part of you into the classroom? Definitely. I would say that my work as a student activist has largely influenced and shaped my identity as a student leader today. And in class, I'm in a lot of classes um, in the African-American and African studies department. So there are many opportunities to speak on the work that I'm doing and the way um, events and the current political sphere shape that work as well as our coursework. So I think having the perspective as both a student leader as well as a student, that intersection is very interesting. And um, while I started the Bexley Anti-Racism Project with other Bexley High School alum, um, I was enrolled in an internship course, um, Political Science 4191. And that allowed me to view 
um, the work we were doing through both that perspective as a student leader, as well as an academic perspective, because I was um, completing assignments focused on community organizing, not necessarily specific to um, social justice, but rather in the professional sense as well, which helps to narrow my focus professionally. So I think it's important to bridge all perspectives at one time. And I'm really thankful for my experience and how it's allowed me to create opportunities for my professional self as well. Um, I'm now part of the Swell Scholars Program, which is um, it's not specific to the university, but it is a program dedicated to supporting marginalized students and who are in pursuit of law careers. And that opportunity was presented through work with Bexley Anti-Racism Project, and I'm beyond thankful for that as well. As uh, Elena and I talk to uh, instructors, we're hearing that students in this moment are, in, in their estimation, different. Uh, students are coming to the classroom with different questions around race relations, social and economic inequities. One, uh, one instructor shared with us, we don't have to convince many students of societal inequalities. Uh, are you that student we've been hearing about from instructors? <laughs> um, I might be. There are so many different students with so many different backgrounds and um, lived experiences, but I think a universal trait that we can all appreciate is just that it's no longer having to convince students of the realities that students of, or not even students, but people of color face. They exist and um, they're broadcasted in the news 24 seven. So it's like, you can't ignore the reality. In fact, now that it's apparent, you're morally obligated to act in response to the known reality. And so teachers have or professors have the ability now to operate with certain assumptions that they couldn't before, and they can cover more ground and explore the intricacies of some of these social inequalities and why they exist as opposed to establishing their existence. How are you thinking about issues of structural racism, inequalities, and disparities when you come into the classroom? really interesting question, um, mainly because I just completed a final paper on issues of structural racism within the OSU um, campus specifically. So I think I'm hyper aware, or hypersensitive to those injustices and how specifically how they impact me in my day to day life. And just the burden I feel as a student of color having to operate in a system that was inherently designed to benefit people who do not look like me for that specific reason. Um, structural injustice is, is so complex. <laughs> and I think it's, it's a hard pill to swallow as a student to learn about these institutions while also being preached about equality and the foundations of our country as life, liberty, justice, and it just all feels so hypocritical. Um, and as though that this country, and we know now studying history, I know that like Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, their slaveholders, like they created the constitution under the assumption that 
um, the black man was three fifths to the white. And that's just goes to show that all the institutions that we operate within were influenced by um, racist ideals and they're inherent to these institutions, especially education. And I think working with the Bexley Anti-Racism Project as well, I'm much more attuned to the implicit acts of racism that not everyone is made aware of in just the ways in which Black students specifically aren't supported to the same degree and even how lower expectations are set for them to achieve. And as well as not being um, encouraged to perform to the height of their academic potential, which is, um, I don't even know. I don't really have words to explain the way I feel. It's disheartening mainly. And it, it feels as though we as a nation are saying that we don't expect much of our Black students and we're okay with that we're okay with them underachieving and underperforming because that's how it's meant to see meant to be. But that's not necessarily how it is meant to be. It's just how it was designed to be, which is wrong. And we have a responsibility to correct that, especially now we're in an age where everyone is aware of exactly what's going on. And so we no longer have that excuse to say, Oh, like, I didn't know about this. So like, I'm not going to do anything. Now everyone should feel a moral obligation to act in response to the acknowledgement of structural racism and injustice. Thank you. Thank you. So much has happened across this last year to focus us more on anti-racism and social justice issues, the killing of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake, and locally here in Columbus, Casey Goodson Jr. Then there's the health and economic inequities that the COVID-19 pandemic reveals, along with the presidential election. How are these issues coming up in your classes? Do you find it easy to discuss these issues in your classes? I can appreciate the professors I have for their honesty. And um, I don't necessarily find it easy to talk about these issues, but I do find it necessary to share my perspective and insight as a Black student who is personally affected by the um, ongoings and events in the public sphere. I think it's traumatizing and I am not one who will voluntarily watch a video of a man being murdered. And I think that sensationalization that we've seen with specifically the murder of George Floyd has been just again, like I'm at a loss for words. I don't know how to characterize my feelings on the circulation of a video of a, ban- of a man being murdered by law enforcement as like, as it almost felt like news, like it was popular news or just some, some story on E or something like that. I, it's not necessarily in the classrooms. My experience is more out of the classroom and having people approach me and asking if I've seen this video or that video. I just feel in some instances, people are out of touch with how traumatizing a reality is placed upon those who lose their lives, as well as the immediate family of those who have lost a loved one. I can't imagine how the family of Casey Goodson Jr. feels. And I'm, um, 
friends with Seth Towns, who's a player on the basketball team at Ohio State. We met through protesting downtown over the summer, and he grew up with Casey Goodson Jr. And watching his response, he took to Twitter, social media platforms, and as you saw, he kneeled at a game during the anthem and protest of his murder. Watching a response from someone you know is heartbreaking. I feel for him in a way that I feel for all other individuals who are personally affected by these tragedies. And I think we would be remiss not to speak on the injustice of the tragedy, but I don't believe it's appropriate to sensationalize or dramatize the tragedy as you have to be able to back up your words with action. In my opinion, you have to commit to writing the wrong that was done in the event of these murders or else I don't believe that you should speak, speak on it in any other regard. Yes. You've, you've shared a lot about, um, you know, how, how you might feel and how this events are traumatizing, even for those of us that watch it. And, and there is that issue of like human dignity, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Where, what, what does it mean when we watch this video over and over again? Um, is it, is it appropriate for us to watch it in the class? And those are questions, you know, that me as, as an instructor also struggle with um, this, this line between let's use this, um, to really question some of the things, you know, all the injustices that are that are happening in those, you know, few seconds, uh, but at the same time is keeping that dignity. I mean, and you do mention yourself, you know, seeing yourself as a student of color in, in a class that maybe um, is trying to engage in these conversations and bringing up or bringing in um, current events into the classroom. Um, and I imagine in some ways uh, you might be not the majority, you know, in the classroom as well. Uh, But you are, you're also an activist that's working on social justice issues. So how are these experiences points of departure for you to bring into the classroom those discussions or maybe um, have a say into how we might discuss this in a way that's productive, that um, that is honoring, um, and that's challenging to your fellow students in the classroom? Absolutely. I think the most impactful dialogue is honest dialogue, and you have to be in a position emotionally to do that. I don't think it's right for an instructor to force a student into sharing. I feel it's appropriate for a student of color to share if they are comfortable doing it. It's a personal choice. Within my organization, we've created a safe space for students to share their experience and debrief on what's going on in school and brainstorm ways we can better their experience. That's what we do. And in a classroom, that's more difficult because that's not necessarily the intended purpose of the classroom. The classroom is to instruct. Um, But I mean, there are definitely lessons to be learned from lived experience shared by students. And as long as students aren't forced or obligated to share personal stories that can be traumatizing or bring them to a negative space. There is definitely much to learn from those shared experiences. I know I can't do anything personally for those who have lost their lives, but um, 
the work I do now is dedicated towards education and the schools because I feel like establishing a foundation for all students, hopefully we can create um, a student body who graduates from our school system with better understandings of race relations and a comprehensive picture of American history that's not whitewashed and actually teaches the injustices that other students or other individuals in the world that they will come in contact with later do face. And I mean, hopefully making a more equitable reality within schools and out of schools once those students graduate. Um, Kaya, what um, advice do you have for how faculty can engage more and talk more about race, social justice, and inequalities in their classes? I've taken a number of courses within the African-American African Studies Department at Ohio State University, and I've always found, regardless of the race of the instructor, the most beneficial instructors courses I've taken have come as a result of the open nature of the conversation. So I think in regard to an instructor's role, it should be more so to facilitate conversation and dialogue, but not dominate the conversation and not frame the issue in a leading way. I think it's up to the students to establish the ways in which inaction is right or wrong. And um, most importantly, just have the space to share their perspective and have an open dialogue. I think the most impactful change stems from providing other individuals insight to your lived experience. Everyone's lived experience is their own and it's individualized and specific to their own lives. And to share that experience inherently provides insight that another individual would not have previously. So I think there's a beauty in opening up honestly, it must be honest. I don't think that you can, I don't know, force these conversations. If you're a figure of authority in the room, then you're on a pedestal and students will um, believe that everything you say is absolute or there's a sense of righteousness to that authority, I suppose. Um, I personally think students are not given the credit that they deserve to be given on the basis of their age, although like we're young and um, this even extends beyond the collegiate sphere. I think high school, elementary school, even um, there's value that's inherent to a student's experience, regardless of their age. And maybe it's because they view the world as it ought to be, not as it is because of their age. And I think there's a beauty to that. And if we can harness the insight of those perceptions now, we can hopefully use them to create a better future. And if we are shifting the narrative of those conversations and those insights and overshadowing them with our own interjections, we lose some of the honesty and some of the innocence of that experience. Kaya, finally, uh, what is your message to your fellow students about engaging in activism around anti-racism, social justice, and society inequality issues? How can engaging in activism deepen your experiences here at OSU like it's doing to you right now? Um, for me, my work um, as a part of the Bexley Anti-Racism Project is an outlet. I don't know what I would do without 
the community I've found in those students. Um, it's a very supportive group of people. And above all else, I've benefited from the safe space we've created just to share about our experience, all coming from the same school district, all understanding the dynamics that are present within it. And um, especially within the context of this past year and all of the horrible events that we've seen, um, it, just that ability to have an open dialogue and students feeling like there is a space for them always, because if you are of a marginalized background and you're studying at a predominantly white institution, or if you're in a predominantly white school district, you feel as though you're alone or alienated from other students, but finding that community wherever you can, and that's very rewarding and can support you in all of your other endeavors. So I think engaging in activism just opens um, a range of possibilities to develop relationships with other people, develop professional relationships, personal relationships. And I do believe also it helps you deepen your relationship with yourself and understanding where your passion lies and how you can utilize your own capabilities to um, do the most good. Kaya, thank you so much for this conversation. It's, it's wonderful to hear about all the work that you're doing. Thank you for having me. It's great to share my experience.